I have a confession to make though. <clears throat> we didn't always care about customer lifetime value in the beginning. So the agency is five years old. Um, and in the beginning, we worked with a lot of drop shipping companies and the model there was just make as much money as you can, as fast as you can um, and, and keep putting new people into the pipeline, sell them more yeah. stuff and then kind of forget about them. Um, and email can be great for that. Email, email converts people to buyers, no matter, <laughs> no matter what. But um, as ad costs went up and um, customers started getting more sophisticated, it just didn't make sense to churn and burn anymore, those customers. So that's when we started uh, really focusing on getting repeat customers and getting multiples of value out of people after they buy the first time and we turn them into lifetime customers and they buy over and over again. And it's, it's just beautiful to see, to see if a store is providing, if a brand is providing value to the customer, the customers are just delighted. They'll stick around for a long time. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to a new episode of uh, the CVO Live. It's my pleasure and honor to have here Nichelle. Hi, Nichelle. How's it going? Hi. It's going great. Happy to be here. It's going great. Yeah, everything's great. <laughs> now that the mic and audio settings are, are, <laughs> are working, everything is great. Yeah, so Nichelle, uh, first of all, tell us uh, where you're, uh, where you're uh, connecting from and... Uh, let us uh, let our audience know about uh, a bit about how you've got into the e-commerce uh, game and what you do right now. It's a long story, but I'll try to keep it shorter. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of an agency called And Bam. We do email, we do SMS, and we do uh, loyalty programs. So everything to do with customer retention um, and messaging, we're doing that. Um, I'm based in Canada. Uh, the team's mostly based in Canada, but we work with uh, companies all over the world. And we're working with e-commerce brands from really small startups all the way up to two to five million a month, um, which is still a little small on the e-commerce size, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun and that's our sweet spot where you're trying to get to know the customers um, and, and treat them well so you can grow into a bigger brand. Um, what else did you ask me there? How you've got into the e-commerce space How in the beginning. So. e-commerce. Um, truthfully, I was working in uh, marketing. I had a job in insurance. It was so boring. I just knew there had to be something better out there. So and so, instead of like the old insurance market, um, I just went online and started looking for other opportunities. And it started with me doing email by myself. Um, and now we have a team of about 20 people. Uh, and we're all just living our best lives. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, we have a common uh, background. I've I've worked into uh, insurance for a lot of years. Really? Actually, I've, yeah, I, I used to sell uh, life insurance. It was back in the, I was like, I think I was 19 years old. I needed to make some money and I, uh, AIG, American International Group, got into Romania here and uh, they uh, they made this i was really really poor and they made this announcement that they are uh, hiring and training future leaders in sales of the future you know something like that very bombastic and i got there and uh, but they said that uh, i need to have a jacket so i need to 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 to, to have like a suit you know and i couldn't I, I couldn't actually afford it i was a student at that time really really poor so i uh, I bought a second-hand jacket and I got there. I got 
to be uh, pumped up by the future, you know, yeah. it was, I would, those sleeves were too long, you know, because <laughs> I couldn't find something on my measure. And that's how I started my career into selling life insurance. It lasted for wow. six weeks. I was calling, uh, I was spamming via phone people on the yellow yeah. pages, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my adventure in life insurance. And after that, okay. I don't know, seven, eight years afterwards, I've started uh, an online car insurance company. So we got to be the market leader here in uh, in Romania. So, awesome. yeah. And now look at a, boring. not a suit in sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no suit no suit yeah, uh, uh, needed on uh, on this new new job that uh, that we're having here yeah yeah so michelle i want to i want to ask you something regarding the uh, customer value optimization we uh, i had this aha moment a few years ago is uh, was that you know what with email you either acquire new customers or you either retain customers and the end goal is not i don't know open rate uh, or whatever, the end goal is to have uh, happy customers and email is one of the uh, best channels to, to do so. And uh, I want to have your opinion over how email is uh, uh, affecting customer lifetime value for, for e-commerce companies and why do you think this is a good instrument? Because it's clear that you're doing something well if you are now surrounded by 19 other people which are doing email for e-commerce companies. Yeah, I have a confession to make though. <clears throat> we didn't always care about customer lifetime value in the beginning. So the agency is five years old. Um, and in the beginning, we worked with a lot of drop shipping companies. And the model there was just make as much money as you can, as fast as you can, um, and, and keep putting new people into the pipeline, sell them more yeah. stuff, and then kind of forget about them. Um, and email can be great for that. Email, email converts people to buyers, no matter, no matter what. But um, as ad costs went up and um, customers started getting more sophisticated, it just didn't make sense to churn and burn anymore, those customers. So that's when we started uh, really focusing on getting repeat customers and getting multiples of value out of people after they buy the first time and we turn them into lifetime customers and they buy over and over again. And it's it's just beautiful to see to see if a store is providing, if a brand is providing value to the customer, the customers are just delighted. They'll stick around for a long time. Yeah, you, you've said something and uh, I, I want to pause a second to, to, to unpack this. I have this habit from Bob Merst, you know, let's unpack stuff. It's like he's always into... <laughs> unpacking things you've said that if you provide value then the customers will uh, will come back and i think the the important aspect is how you understand if you provide value i mean what's what your uh, what what do you do for for your customer with your customers uh to to make sure that they are providing value sure well it it depends on the customer. Uh, yeah. Different customers need different things. Uh, different people in their in different parts of the journey need different values. So for someone who has not bought yet with your brand, um, value to them might look like help choosing the right product. For someone who's a lifetime customer and has bought multiple, multiple times, value to them could look like a joke that makes them laugh, like entertain them. <laughs> if they already like you, you don't have to keep pushing and pushing. Just, just remind them that you care about them. And, and that's, that's value to those people. So it's really about, if we're going to unpack it, it's really about understanding your customers, all of your different customer segments, all of the different places that they are in their journeys and just meeting them where they are. Yeah, I uh, I think it's uh, it's an important aspect, and many many let's say email marketers are being uh, are, are are actually spending their lives into this trap that <laughs> thinking that uh, customer research is uh, is is for other departments or for other channels or for other people within the company, and mm -hmm. I wanna. 
I want to focus a bit on on this uh, customer research part because uh, it's uh, it's a valuable thing to to if you think about it you're guessing a lot in as a marketer <laughs> but uh, yeah. but you don't have to guess all this uh, all this time right you can also uh, know what's all about and I want to I want to understand a bit how do you see customer research and how important is in uh, in your process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's extremely important um, because otherwise, like you say, we're just guessing, and <laughs> we don't want to waste time and resources just guessing. So um, it's going to sound crazy, but the easiest way to find out what a customer actually wants is to ask them. Uh, and, and then they'll tell you, usually, if you ask in the right way. So um, a customer surveys is just the most basic thing. Actually, probably the most basic thing is an NPS survey. So like right after they've bought or right yeah. after they've received their product, um, ask them if they would recommend to a customer, uh, to a friend or family or peer. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good indication of, of how they feel. Uh, and then you can ask them follow up with more specific questions. How was your experience? Did it do what you liked, what you wanted it to do? Did, you, did it work as expected? Was it easy? Pretty basic questions. Um, and really, truly asking will get you so much more information. Um, but a lot of people just aren't thinking about about asking the questions. Yeah, it's uh, if you if you think about it, it's such an easy instrument, and it's uh, it's such a, an impactful instrument. You know, simply asking a customer what it's all about. And uh, I want to share a story here from a, from a customer of ours that uh, we were struggling to 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 make to 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 make him realize how. Uh, how his whole marketing was uh, wa- was, let's say, shooting in the dark. You know, <laughs> you, we we asked uh, about this uh, uh, their their ideal customer profile, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, they thought that there are uh, professionals. They are uh, they were selling uh, digital uh, cameras and uh, video cameras and whatever, and they, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was like five, six years ago, and we we asked the customer what what customers uh, who are your customers. So they are professional uh, fo- photographers, you know. That's that's who our best customers are. But uh, how how do you know that? Well, we look at the products that they are buying, and it's clear that nobody buys this product if they are not uh, I don't know uh, doing some gigs with this. Uh, they were selling Nikon, whatever with. Uh, these uh, lenses and sophisticated things and but uh, are you sure about that yeah of course we know that and they were all their speech was uh, about not about photographing as a hobby but it was like professionals you know what you're doing guess what after we let's say persuaded and convinced them into asking on the thank you page uh, if they are a professional photographer or the, if this is uh, just a hobby and whatever, 65% of their sales were coming from uh, amateurs. You know, there were people which were investing like crazy in these uh, digital cameras. And uh, I think customer research is not affecting only the email as a channel, but it's uh, affecting the whole marketing. Because once you know who your customers are and why they buy, it's uh, yeah. it's well more easier to... To, to get into a position to actually be relevant because it's uh, another trap is to 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 be to think that you need to be creative you know to be <laughs> over creative and uh, it's the lack of creativity that's stopping you to deliver value but it's not always that i mean it's it's clear that being creative is a fantastic thing but if you're creative in the wrong direction with the wrong message you're just i don't know that, that's a cool message but that's it nobody's going to buy things just because they think that you had the creative uh, creative email sequence right Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can add to that with uh, a, a client that I was talking to yesterday. They wanted to do Elon Musk uh, memes, which I think is hilarious. I love to, <laughs> to keep up with what Elon Musk is, um, what what 
his shenanigans of the moment are. Um, but for this particular brand, it, it's about dog treats. And so uh, the people actually buying the dog treats are, are usually women, um, mothers, um, not people who are hanging out on Twitter following Elon, you know? Yeah. So again, understanding who your customer is is really, really important. Uh, it, the same, the same brand started on Kickstarter, where, as you probably know, it's a lot of early adopters, people who are really into tech, early, early um, inventions, and things like that. So moving into the D 2 C space from Kickstarter is completely different audience, completely different messages. Yeah. Uh, I I want to ask you something, Nichelle, regarding the uh, how you how you are relevant to their customers, and uh, uh, I want to touch the subject of uh, uh, RFM segmentation because it's uh, from my opinion it's an underrated, uh, uh, undervalued uh, technique to actually know your customers. And uh, uh, let let me uh, let me know how how your uh, how your perception about RFM has uh, ev- uh, uh, has been developed throughout the throughout the time, and what what your thoughts are about this type of segmentation? For sure, yeah. I think in if I think about how our segmentation strategy has evolved, we started five years ago just sending emails to everyone that we had an email for, um, and it was really just like buy this thing. Uh, it's on sale. Um, if you don't have it already, then you should buy it. Uh, that kind of evolved once we were thinking about deliverability and sender reputation. Then we started segmenting based on engagement in emails. So if they've opened an email or clicked an email in the last 30 days or 90 days, then they get that, that message. Uh, now, though, what we understand is there's so much more data and we, we every time a customer or pre-customer interacts with your website, you learn more about them. Um, not only that they were on the site, but, you know, what they were looking at um, and how many times they looked at things. And this. Um, so as customers become more sophisticated and as we get more data from the customers, it just opens up the possibilities for segmentation and personalization. So with RFM segmentation, which I'm assuming everyone maybe listening is familiar with, but it it stands for frequency (laughs) and monetary value. Um, That's when we really understand the value of each customer. Um, and how we should be treating each of them. So we can send really, really targeted messages that really hit the the, the segments where we need to um, without sending the wrong message to other people. Because like I said before, if you have a like a VIP customer who buys over and over again really regularly, you don't want to interrupt their experience with your brand by sending them like, discounts on clearance items for example it just doesn't yeah. make sense yeah that's right and uh, uh, maybe uh, an important thing here Nichelle is that uh, uh, I do know from, uh, from from our past conversations that uh, you you are looking uh, to to craft different customer journeys based on the RFM and I think that's uh, that's doing the, the heavy lifting. Because while many email marketing agencies are having their flows and they keep on updating them and they keep on blasting the the uh, the, the databases, you are crafting this type of uh, some sort of evergreen campaigns according to uh, transitions from the RFM groups, and and I think that's uh, that's a very impactful thing that uh, maybe we can uh, uh, discuss more about. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I don't want to give away all our secrets, but <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it only makes sense because you would prefer to have a whole list full of of customers that absolutely love you compared to like a, a full list of customers who have already churned. It just doesn't make sense. So we want to get as many customers as we can from 
um, from like their first purchase or, or not even their first purchase into like extremely loyal customers. And so if we can map the way that a customer gets there, then we just can guide them through that journey usually yeah. <laughs> with enough data in testing. That's uh, that. That's right. Uh, in uh, yeah, in terms of the uh, relevancy, I think it's uh, it's an uh, it's an important aspect that I, I want to touch this uh, this subject together with you. There are uh, there are many uh, email marketing strategies around onboarding, which is one of the main CVO campaigns. To after acquisition, you have the onboarding, which means making sure that. Uh, the customers are onboarded properly. And uh, I want to touch the, the subject of what's the purpose of uh, the onboarding campaigns? I mean, from, from your opinion, of course, we have various brands with various products, but uh, I think many email marketing agencies are uh, missing the whole point of uh, uh, onboarding because they turn them into uh, uh, discount campaigns or into reactivation campaigns, even though the customers were not using the products or they haven't felt the value that they are getting from from the products and i want to touch a bit the subject of why do we do email onboarding campaigns what's the purpose of those those campaigns from uh, from your opinion so when you're talking onboarding campaigns you mean like a post purchase right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, exactly the first the first uh, yeah, email campaigns that uh, mm -hmm. a brand is uh, uh, are, are sen sending to the to the customers right after the first purchase, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to understate how important that is. Uh, if a customer doesn't use your product and doesn't get the value out of it, there's absolutely zero chance they're ever going to buy again. Uh, so, yeah. you know, you need to make sure that a customer gets the product, they're happy with the product, they use the product, um, and they get whatever result it is. Uh, if, if they don't do those, take those steps, they're, they're never going to buy again. So um, as soon as, um, or even before the product is delivered, it's up to you to start setting the stage for when it arrives. Um, what's the first thing you need to do? Does it have to be refrigerated? Uh, I was talking to a client this the other day, uh, and actually in their onboarding um, flow, they had, uh, don't forget to refrigerate your product. It's a, it's a like vegan dip um, consumable product. As soon as you get it, you should refrigerate it. However, that message came something like five days after delivery, <laughs> and that's a total mismatch because you can imagine if you have some uh, some vegan queso and it arrives and you, it sits in the box for five days and then you get a message to refrigerate it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> put, it, put it in the fridge. Right? So yeah. it, it has to be um, the more specific and the more um, timely you can make it, the better. But you the goal is to make sure they have that really great first experience. So if you yeah. can time, if you can time the delivery of the messages with the delivery of the product, awesome. Um, and there's lots of ways to do that. If you, um, if there's some particular setup that you need, for example, I have a client product right here. You open the box. The first thing you get is a QR code and it says like, stop, don't do anything until you do this. <laughs> Look at this code. Um, because it has a setup video on it. And like before they had that, 90% of people actually broke the product before they ever got to use it. Um, so that's that's an example of like, you don't want people breaking your product before they get to use it. Uh, of course, I suggested to him that you can put that in an email too, uh, so that you know, because when you get the box and you open it, you don't want to go look at a video. You want to like get your hands on the thing, right? Yeah. If we put it in an email and it arrives uh, before the product, then it, it sets the stage so, so that once you get it, you have a really good experience. Yeah. I think it's, uh, uh, it's amazing that 
indeed the email onboarding campaigns that could work on other channels as well, their role indeed is to, to, to build momentum, you know, to build expectations, to set the expectations properly, to instruct the customers into how to use or how to consume the product, what they could, that, what they will do. And it's, uh, it's a lot about their desired outcome. For instance, we have, uh, uh, I had a chat yesterday with, uh, uh, with someone for, from, a, from a brand which, uh, uh, they they were selling uh, products for uh, ladies trying to get pregnant. You know, some 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 sort of uh, devices so that they can time the moment uh, to to conceive a, a, a baby. And they uh, it, it struck me that they don't have something like a success rate. You know, because that's why they, they, those ladies are buying those products. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's the baby. Which is the desired outcome? <laughs> Nobody wants your product. Is the, the yeah. final, yeah, yeah the final right. thing is having a baby, and they had no success stories about. I don't know. In six months, you'll get pregnant because timing, the moment to conceive it, and whatever. I mean, yeah. those stories are what uh, what you need to do. And also, another thing is that the uh, ex-lovers, let's say the the customers, which were uh, from from a perspective they were churned because they haven't used the product. Guess what? The ex-lovers were actually uh, uh, customers that made it, you know, and that's why they haven't <laughs> continued right, yeah. to, to buy the product. But they don't have any kind of success rate, and it's uh, it's kind of uh, uh, let's say vital to understand what is the desired outcome of this product you know why do you buy this product what's the end goal and and then nurture the relationships and train and document and FAQ and whatever you do with your uh, email marketing campaign so that uh, mm -hmm. the customers are making progress in in their lives because if they are not using it properly they are not repeat buyers one thing and uh, another thing is that they will be disappointed i mean there's no advocacy from those uh, those customers and uh, uh, basically that's uh, that's an amazing uh, uh, fact that you've stated as well i mean with that customer stop before you do anything but they were already there mm -hmm. with the with, with the product indeed uh, going further with the uh, with another uh, type of uh, cvo campaign shall going to the uh, prevention campaigns, right? So we have customers that bought, I don't know, three times. They usually bought every three weeks. And now there are, I don't know, two months since they haven't placed an, uh, uh, an order. I think, uh, and, and I want to touch this uh, uh, important subject because, because I want to demystify the fact that uh, discounts always work. And I think this is a, it's the most used tool. I mean, if you, if all, all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And discount campaigns, discount at this yeah. moment and then at that moment and then at the other moment and people will, will come back and buy again. But uh, what are your uh, thoughts on the prevention campaigns and how to make those, uh, uh, those work from your perspective? Yeah, I like the, uh, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I usually say uh, firing off discount campaigns is like trying to kill a mosquito with a bazooka. Because it's just, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't, it's not the right approach all the time. Uh, there, are, there are more sophisticated ways to do it. Um, I think, so I would love to see people asking, I, oh, we already said this, asking their customers more questions. Um, I think I see a lot of owners who get, they're in a digital business, right? So it's easy to, to forget that they're just people on the, your customers are just people. Um, and, and you can talk to them. You should talk to them. You can, you can just ask them like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, and we really like to use in a prevention campaign as really simple um, text-based email, actually just asking how they're doing and what's up. Um, you can get, if, it depends on a lot of things, but if, say in your example, they bought three times, they bought at full price three times, a discount isn't the right tactic, right? Um, so you have to find out, you know, if they bought three times, 
they understand the the product value at least the second time and the third time um they trust you because they've spent money with you over and over again you have to find out what what changed uh so like a a customer service based email or or an automated email that looks customer service based is a really good place to start anyway yeah mm-hmm. Like what what happened? You know what's going on. Doing doing this kind of uh, of relationship, it's uh, it's a great endeavor. And it was that saying uh, that the best uh, the best way to uh, to cure a disease is to prevent it. And uh, maybe you could have been doing this uh, every three weeks. You know, I mean, to to have these timed based uh, email campaigns, which are triggered based on the last uh, number of days since the last uh, uh, the the last purchase. And uh, I uh, I have this example here with uh, uh, which is handy. I have bought uh, my my daughter. She's uh, now a teenager, and uh, she's buying this all sorts of things for for her uh, for for her skin you know and uh, she's testing a lot of things and i was looking at the way they are uh, the the cosmetics the beauty company they are tricking her into buying again and uh, i noticed something uh, very uh, very nice they they had you know these cards where you need to tick some boxes it takes eight weeks to to get to your uh, to to your to the best skin that you have but this is going to last only two weeks i mean <laughs> and they gave her <laughs> these tricks and ba- basically setting the right expectations is important because maybe it works maybe it doesn't i'm not accusing that beauty company i think they've done a a, a great job at preventing but uh, it was a a, a, a small card attached to the product and uh, letting her know that the right dosage and the right timing is for eight weeks. I mean, don't expect for fantastic results now that you've bought only for uh, for uh, two weeks out of this, uh, of this process. And I think companies are forgetting this, uh, the, these techniques because you can blend other channels. You have the package inserts, you have the emails, you have the ads as well. And the last resort, you can pick up the phone and call the customer if you can afford that, or you can send some SMS campaigns, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's you really have to consider how people are using the product. Uh, and is it a daily product? Like, uh, is it? I talked to one guy uh, last week who sells windshield wipers for cars. How often do you buy windshield wipers for your car? Mm, once a year <laughs> once a lifetime maybe <laughs> whenever, whenever they fall apart so yeah. um, you know you have to adjust uh, adjust your messaging comp- to whatever makes sense for the life cycle of the product as well yeah which is this parameter which is called the ADBT average days between transactions and uh, which of course nobody is uh, measuring or everyone uh, is uh, is ignoring it <laughs> however you want to put it and uh, uh, i guess that's uh, that's an important aspect timing the the pace and i want to touch this subject of when do you need to send this type of uh, uh, email campaigns i mean what's what's the pace uh, from uh, from your perspective nishal what's the right pace what's the the, the best way to to, to have the cadence that's not intrusive or not mm-hmm. absent? The answer is always it depends. I, <laughs> that's a really, really tough question. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, my my perception is that you need to time to 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 test, you know, always be testing. Like uh, you can have different cohorts and, and see what's the engagement for, I don't know, get 500 customers and send them every week because that's the I don't know the dogma the email marketing dogma is send the newsletter every every seven days or with the other 500 maybe you can accelerate the pace at the beginning so that you make sure that they are using the product and then looking at when the purchase is more likely to happen mm-hmm. prevent them help them know that maybe it's time for a restock uh, maybe 
it, it, it's time to uh, to to change it and whatever. I mean, it, it's clear that uh, subscription-based uh, brands are 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 doing this, and it's uh, that's the holy grail of an e-commerce uh, brand, you know, to have predictability and you know that you buy a toothbrush every I don't know five weeks, four weeks. I've been to the <laughs> dentist yesterday and I and I thought that they they have a missed opportunity there, you know, to, to buy a subscription and to, to ship you these things. Yeah, that would be great actually. Um if a toothbrush would would arrive at my house whenever I needed to change it, that would help a lot with uh like changing over of the toothbrushes for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there are so many variables, but you really have to think about if you have an average uh, days between transactions, if you know that and it used to be really hard to get. And now if you use some tools like, I don't know, OmniConvert, for example, <laughs> that makes it a lot easier to get that information. Uh, so if you have the information, it's right there you can easily, it's like so easy compared to, to the olden days, uh, understand when someone should be about to buy again um, yeah. and make sure that the messaging what leading up to that point in time matches the their intent or, or what we want them to do. Um, it's the, the whole one email per week depends completely like would you want to get one email a week from a windshield wiper company <laughs> no i'm not answering that <laughs> yeah. thank uh, god yeah. for the unsubscribe uh, <laughs> yeah and, and you know again you have to consider if someone's bought before um what information do they need to make their first purchase versus what you need to do to lead them to their second purchase. They're very, very different things. Same with third and fourth, and, and it changes. So there's no one size fits all. And I can't say that you should always be sending one email per week. Even though I get paid to send emails, I, I, will, <laughs> not, I will not say that um, because it, it depends. It really does. Yeah. Love it. So, Michelle, regarding the 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 process that you're uh, you're having now with your uh, with with your customers, what's what's exciting for you right now? Because it's uh, it's clear that you're in a great space. It's clear that uh, now, after the bloodbath or during the bloodbath, which is <laughs> happening on the acquisition side of things, where ROAS it's uh, old, it's and, and it's uh, and it's sick and it's not doing too well. Uh, maybe it's clear that you're in a uh, in an exciting space and uh, let us know what's uh, what's exciting for you right now in working with your uh, with your clients and doing uh, what you do yeah i think um the the acquisition bloodbath uh has really made people open their eyes to like customers the value of customers that you already have and Honestly, what we're most excited about is that we're, we get to have fun and really connect with the customers. Because before we had a bunch of data, we didn't know what to do with it. Uh, and now we have a, a really clear goal, and it's to make sure that we maximize or optimize the lifetime value of the customer. And there, I think there's a mind chef, mindset shift happening right now. Um, mm -hmm. in what it is that will optimize that lifetime value. And it's not sending sales. And it's, it really can be entertainment or uh, relationship building um, and communication. And it doesn't have to be just one way, like blasting messages. We want it to feel organic. Um, and that's a whole new challenge for a lot of brands that have spent years and years and years thinking about what do I want to say to the customer? I want to sell um, this new SKU, uh, so I'm going to send them that. What we're doing and what we're really excited about is starting from the customer. So starting from the segment, like what do I want this person to experience from the brand? Um, and, and how can we deliver that experience? 
and that's what I'm hyped about. Yeah, uh, talking about the uh, customer experience and talking about this uh, uh, customer research, I, I think it's fantastic, and you are the 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 living proof that. Uh, Uh, email agencies are are, are becoming way more uh, uh, complex, and the services are going towards customer centricity, towards uh, be, being uh, being data driven. And uh, my my prediction is that without proper customer research, brands will actually uh, uh, disappear. And, uh, uh, it was this hype about direct to consumer brands, but now that it's so expensive to acquire customers that never come back and you're not profitable on acquiring them, it's clear that the customers, the, the companies which will uh, survive and thrive will be the ones that know exactly what the customers are after and deliver on, uh, on their promise. I want to ask you something regarding the uh how you uh, you see the future of uh, email marketing yourself i mean where where do you want to go what uh, what's your uh, uh, what kind of companies do you want to work with what's uh, what's next for nbam and uh, over there at your uh, agency um have you there's a rumor floating around that email is dead have you heard that yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> It's a main rumor, but I've I've heard it a few times. Uh, I email is not going anywhere for sure, but what we are seeing um, more and more is that people are using it in different ways, uh, and I feel and we're working on on getting the proof, but I think that social media is training people to use their email differently. Um, because in, in uh, it used to be you go into your email, you click on the first email, you read it, and you go to the next one and the next one. Now I have 600 emails in my inbox and I just scroll through to see if I see anyone who I think I might want to hear from. So, um, The, the way that we're looking at email is that it's really relationship-based. If someone sees your name in their list of emails that they've received today, are they going to be like, yes, I need to see what this brand is putting out today? Or is it just going to get lost in the crowd? And the way to do that is to build the relationship with the content through value, through entertainment, um, not necessarily discounts all the time, but like when it's appropriate, discounts too. Um, that's how I see email going. I think it's going to become more visual. Um, we already have uh, the Gmail AMP program that is changing what the inbox looks like. Um, and I just think that that's going to continue to evolve. Um, then we're going to also see something with SMS that we're already starting to see kind of like a saturation in my, in my uh, text messages. I don't know about yours. Um, yeah. But, but we're also going to see some of the same things like, uh, not just we can't just blast out messages blindly it's it's getting it's just getting too much uh it, it, the novelty's worn off right so um the more personal or personalized the messages become then the better it will work out for everyone yeah in um uh, i have a last uh, last topic that i want to Uh, addressed together with you today, Nichelle, which is uh, which is around something which uh, many many companies are neglecting, which are the reactivation campaigns. I mean, you have your your customers that are long gone. You you keep on bombarding them with their uh, with your newsletter, with your news, with your discount campaigns, and whatever. What's your uh, What's your take on that? Uh, we we had some some conversation about this topic, but uh, uh, what I think it's it's important to uh, 
to, to understand what is the purpose of reactivation campaigns and how to make those uh, actually work? Yeah, I mean, reactivation campaigns are very interesting um, because they've stopped responding for some reason, right? Um, so I think it depends on what you know about the people in general. Like, have they bought things before? Have they um, bought a lot? And, and kind of churned out or have they never bought and, or only bought once and had a bad experience. So you have to come at it from a few different directions. Um, of course, as I said a few times, ask. <laughs> um, and, and give them the opportunity to manage preferences. Give them the opportunity to, to uh, tell you what they want to hear. If they're not interested in your your weekly email newsletter, don't send them the email weekly newsletter. Um, if they're only interested in discounts, let the, if they say they're only interested in discounts, that's great because then they've self-identified themselves. They said, this is exactly what I want. And you can send them exactly what, you, what they want. Um, even though like maybe you don't want to have a segment of people who only like discounts. If you know you have a segment of people who only like discounts, then you you know what they want, they're more likely to engage. Um, so I'm really, really, really bullish on managed preferences. Um, I think that's something that is very underutilized. Um, mm -hmm. Just... And again, though, it just comes down to asking customers to identify what they want. <laughs> yeah, which means collecting zero-party data, mm -hmm. uh, understanding and using, leveraging it uh, down the line so that you are basically relevant. Uh, I think it's uh, also oh. an, uh, an important topic to address here is the fact that uh, reactivation campaigns are uh, having, of course, the same uh, treatment. It's like you have the universal remedy for everything. It's the, uh, a discount, and uh, it's like we're we're running out of uh, uh, running out of uh, ideas and everything. It's like everyone is waiting for that twenty dollars uh, voucher, and <laughs> then they will be long term customers as well. We we have this. Uh, experienced uh, with, with this uh, one-two punch campaign like preventing uh, warning them that you know that you're gone and we know that you're gone and that that means mm -hmm. getting into uh, uh, in, into a position to to earn the attention for tomorrow when you're gonna say something to them and then in the uh, in the last email in the second email to in, instead of giving them something, treating their disease, actually asking them what kind of uh, things stop them from buying again and preparing for each of those, I don't know, let's say, you know, five reasons that might happen. I don't know, I'm pissed off. Uh, I simply forgot about you. Your products are crappy. Of course, you can't do pretty much about it unless you've changed your products, but that's another story. Or I don't know, the, another reason could be you're too expensive and that's the only moment when you can, uh, you're justified to give them a, a discount or last time uh, you, you ship the product too late and then you can give them, you can come up with the treatment. The, uh, the, the, the fact is that once you know that, then you can reactivate them. If you don't know that, it's like, uh, it's like being a doctor, you know, as an email marketing agency, you're a doctor and all the patients that are coming, you have the same treatment for them, you know, like, uh, you you don't even listen to them. Yeah, I know what you want. It's like it's like robots, you know, t talking. Yeah, have a seat. Here's your treatment. Goodbye. Next. Here's your treatment. Next. It's like you can't do this. And uh, I, I think we have, as a market, as an industry, we need to get out of that zone because we're we're not immature. You know, we need to grow up and we need to level up our our strategies. And that means be, becoming. Uh, 
conscious incompetent, right? To be to to be aware that we 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 have done it wrong, so that we uh, do it uh, better in the in the future. But of course, that takes uh, time and energy. That also means that you need to change, which is the enemy of progress, right? <laughs> yeah. Or not? Yeah, I mean, the the number one thing here. And, and everything we talked about today is relevance. If we know what the customer is thinking and we know what their experience is, then we can react to that. But it can't just be us pushing out and guessing and thinking and and here's what I, I think is going to be the answer to the problem. It really has to be find out what the customer is thinking and say something relevant back. Yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, that, that, that's right. All right. So uh, if we don't have any questions from our LinkedIn audience, uh, I think we could uh, we can uh, wrap it up. Uh, Nichelle, tell us if uh, people want to get in touch with you, where they can uh, find you. Are you on uh, social media? Are you on Twitter? Are you on LinkedIn? Where do you spend your uh, your, your time? Yeah, I'm not big into Twitter, but I am on LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, or you can hop over to our website andbam.co. And uh, if you chat in the little chat box, you will get me. Um, and, and we can have a conversation uh, about anything that, that we talked about here today. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, Nichelle, thanks a lot for being uh today with us and uh, may you have a good day ahead there in Toronto. We are uh, finishing it over here in, uh, in Europe. And uh, for you out there, we'll see each other at the next uh, episode. And if you want to get in touch with us, let us know on LinkedIn as well, because we are LinkedIn fans, uh, not, not on Twitter too much. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Valentin. It's great. Bye, everyone. Bye, Nisha. Bye. Bye.